Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today on Power Your Life, and I'm Dr. Joanne White, and it's always a pleasure to be here, and today especially because the sun is shining, and I love sunshine. Speaking of sunshine and speaking of Power Your Life, many times we are searching outside of ourselves and wanting to get to know other people, which is wonderful, and making new friends and and connections and collaborations. And yet what's so important is really being able to look inside and know who we are and really know how to operate from the heart and how to connect with ourselves and really connect and build a beautiful relationship. Well, here to show us how is my special guest, Katherine Samuelson. She is a certified life coach, author, and intuitive. After 26-plus years as a lawyer, Katherine gave up her law career after being called to her path of spiritual growth and metaphysical understanding. Her work led her to become an intuitive and certified coach using her close connection to angels and guides to bring about a deeper perspective to her clients. As an intuitive, Catherine gives channeled angel readings using automatic writing, connecting with our collective angels and guides through writing during a reading. And as a life coach, she's deeply interested in helping those undergoing transitions, changes, and transformations. Catherine has recently written the book, Opening the Heart, Meditations on How to Be, a book to find the inner peace and healing that emerges from listening to one's heart. Welcome, Catherine. How are you? I'm good, and thank you so much, Joanne, for having me today, because I love talking about the work that I do, and I love talking about my book, because um, I find that through both of those, I can help people, and that's really, I think, what it's all about for me, is helping someone see more clearly and um, sort of move the, the, the stuff out of the way so you can move forward. You know, I think you said it right. It's it's really important to see clearly and to get to know more about mm-hmm. who we are. So let's go back a little bit in time. There you were practicing law for a good number of years, and mm-hmm. what created shift for you? Well, back in it, it happened slowly. I mean, some people think you know it can happen overnight for some people, and some people are born with it and I suppose I was born with it but it just took a long time to manifest around 92 or 93 1990 the old century <laughs> isn't it amazing we've lived long enough that there's an old century um 
And I read a book called Ask Your Angels, and it had a set of divination cards you could make. And I was so high-tech, I went out and got in, Remember the index cards? I don't even think they still exist anymore. They're aligned and used to take notes on them. And made these divination cards, and it kept coming up with, you know, over time a few times, something about automatic writing. I don't even remember what it was now. And I was starting to do meditation, and somebody had given me the name uh, of a psychic, and that psychic channels a being by the name of O'Brien, and one day O'Brien said, you should try automatic writing. I said, okay, it's coming from several sources. Meanwhile, I'm of Cook, Illinois. Um, And just over time, practice and practice and practice and became more adept at it. And also I decided to move to Massachusetts because at some point I had a very long-distance relationship with a man who... uh, exited my life at some point, but I still moved to the Boston area and could not get a job because I wasn't from there or I practiced too long in in an area or didn't have experience in another area. And I finally said, okay, universe. And that's when I went and got certified as a life coach and decided to come out, quote, unquote, as a psychic. Although I tend to use the word intuitive because it's a bit less fraught with some people. Um, so that's a very short version of all the years it took to get. <laughs> and then somewhere in there, I received some information from my very psychic uh, massage therapist. Oh, I think you should create, you're supposed to create a set of angel cards, which then morphed into eventually the book. Um, and I kept coming to Vermont to work with a friend who designed the book and her husband was the photographer and decided I really liked living in Vermont much better than Massachusetts. So that uh, is my story. Wonderful. So is it always um, the writing, the channeled writing that you're doing when, when you're reading people with, or, or how does that work? Um, I connect with them, um, and I don't even use a pen anymore. I use, I use a very fancy chopstick because they write over and over and over in the same place, so you can't really read it anyway. So that's how I receive the guidance, and as they're giving it to me through that method, um, I then provide the guidance to my client. Um who can take notes or record it, depending on what they want to do or not. Um, so and I've also – go ahead. I'm, I'm still sorry. Okay. I'm still, so is it coming in as writing? Yes, they just take over. They just take over and okay. my hand moves. Okay, so that's what I wanted to know because um, oh. I do that a lot with my – writing i mean it just comes it doesn't it comes through me and it comes through me in mm-hmm. sessions too and i also do work with with um intuition and i don't call myself a psychic but i do that too but i'm very interested in how you share your messages with the people do you have your own set of angel cards cuz i'm getting that if you don't you need to <laughs> That, Have you oh, created your book. own? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, <laughs> no, I don't have a set of angel cards. Uh, they morphed into working with O'Brien. They worked. They morphed into a set of meditation cards, and oh. trying to find a publisher was just oh man. There's a 
if people go to my website, katherinesamuelson.com, on the book page, there's a link on the left sidebar to uh, my book talk, which talks about how I got from having them as cards to a book and what I've learned about self-publishing. Um, you know, author cost, trade discount, <laughs> royalties versus profits. Just, you know, it's like, ugh. Um, so I know a little bit more. Than you know, I it's, it's becoming know. much more difficult to publish. I recommend self-publishing too. I had somebody ask me the other day because that's a, a lot of my books are, are are done that way, and I think it's you have a lot more freedom and mm-hmm. um, can take it where you want it to go. <laughs> right. So. Unfortunately, the cost for publishing something with that's got a lot of color photographs is a little more expensive. If it's just oh, yeah. black and white print, it's a lot cheaper. So, um, yeah, because you photograph. Can, yes. So, and then to find a self-publisher who will let you have as many images as, as this book has is interesting. So I'm limited to six to ten. So. so now what you need to do is set up your own publishing company. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> somebody I, I and I can't remember the name, Catherine, but somebody I know actually a long time ago did that because he, he was so frustrated with with mm-hmm. just what you're describing. He said, "Okay, just let me do it." And I don't know that he's publishing more than his own stuff, but it was his way of counteracting mm-hmm. what was going on. So let's shift yeah, one of the, on. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. What okay. were you going to say? Oh, no, it's just that people need to be careful whether it's print-on-demand. You know, I went with print-on-demand because I didn't have to order a base number of, you know, 500 or 2,000 books and then try to flog them all. So if you're going to do your own, you you know, if you're going to go to a printer, just be aware you may be warehousing a, a large number of books. So let's go to your book because I love, firstly, I love the title, Opening the Heart, Meditations Mm -hmm. on How to Be, because I believe, as you, that the heart is is incredibly powerful in terms of knowing who we are and getting that information. So tell us more about the book, and maybe you could even take us through a little bit of a meditation later on. Okay, that would be great. it is the first there is of course an introduction and in how to use the book and then the first part is the meditation images and they're in pairs so you can if you want contemplate or meditate on both images or you can put a piece of paper over one and meditate on just one of the images and i just flipped the book open and one of the pairs is let it all go it will come when it wants to Seek it, seek it in yourself. And part of it is how do you navigate between these two du- these seemingly dualities because they're neither of them, you know, it's not like one is true and the other is not true. They're both true. So, you know, like the one I just quoted, it's like, okay, we have to seek it, but to me, that says, and it could say something different to someone else, because it's all based on how it strikes you. But it also means that once you've sought it, 
you need to not be desperate. You need to let it go out in the world and do the work to let it come to you because it won't come to you if you don't look for it. But if you look too hard, if you look at it in a desperate way, it may not come to you, if that makes sense, Joanne. It makes sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) So, And then the second part of the book is the same images, the same statements, but with some text that that came to me when I was writing the book. Um, Yeah. Uh, go slowly, take your time. The old saying is, take the time to stop and smell the roses. There's a great deal of sense in that, especially in this time of hurry up, hurry up, that we see everywhere from debit card ads to the impatience of the person behind us in the line at the grocery store. But rushing leads to errors, to rudeness, to hurt feelings. By going slowly and taking our time, we can act in a mindful and heartful way, a way that speaks of peace and love in the world. Ask yourself, which way do I want to be, and what can I do to be that way? And on the other hand, the pair, the other part of the pair is embrace the swiftness of change. And the text is about, you know, how to, you know, to do that. And then the third part of the book is some instruction or some exercises that you can do. There's a couple meditations that I came up with, and then one of the um, meditation exercise is see a number. Go into meditation asking to see or be told a number from 1 through 56. When you have the meditation image with that number in front of you, meditate on the image. Then journal what you received. There's one called what lives in my heart. There's one connecting to the energy of the universe. Uh, Tell a story about energy blocks existing. And the final one I actually received from a horse. I was working with a life coach, and we worked with her horse, who would do Reiki on you, Joanne. I mean, this horse was wonderful. And we were standing out in the paddock one day, bright sunshine, blue sky in New Hampshire, and suddenly I'm getting these questions from Thunder. Who am I, what am I, where am I? So those are included in the book at the end, so that over time you can do that exercise and see your progress, see where you are. So the horse wasn't doing Reiki. The horse was giving information, correct? I was thinking, wow. Right, horse but the horse could also do Reiki on you. <laughs> you know, really? Very energetic. I mean, I well, yeah. maybe it was a form of en- energy work. Who you know, energy right, work. Right. That's can what be. His, That's what my friend, the life coach, described it as. And so, yes, he could do energy but, work on you. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense because I because I'm an energy master teacher and like there are so many different ways to work with and I've studied a lot of them work with energy and I'm sure I mean that that the horse well I don't know but my sense is that the horse came into that like you you know intuitively not that somebody actually taught the horse how to do energy work correct or you no nope, I I think you I think you're correct Thunder was just this. And Thunder could still be alive. I just haven't been in touch with Adrian in a long time. But he was a, he was a wonderful horse when I was working with him. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I know the healing qualities of, of many animals, and, and horses are amazing, but the that is beautiful. And, you know, maybe it wasn't energy work, but, but I think, you know, who knows, because I wasn't there, but... It sounds amazing. It sounds amazing. Let's get back uh-huh. to the book. So, mm-hmm. um, 
the book was actually downloaded from meaning i mean you were getting the messages for as you were writing the book how did that come about uh i would just sit down open myself up and words would come into my head the content don't you love that don't you love yeah. that i that i i love when that happens people think that writing mm-hmm. can be very lonely but when you're getting when you're getting messages like you are like I am it's a beautiful connection it's a beautiful experience i i don't know how to describe it maybe you're better at describing mm-hmm. it i just know that it's awesome <laughs> i don't feel lonely or alone at all when that's happening yeah it just and, and then when i'm not connected that's when it gets to be a struggle you, you mean know, the right to go part. in it yeah, I'm going to the sort of the analytic, you know, and it's like, stop. <laughs> let it let it flow. That's that's really important. So what would you tell people who wanted to learn more about how to connect to their their inner wisdom, their heart wisdom? What would you tell them? Well, um meditation and probably a specific meditation where you you know you go into your deep breathing you go into your body you become centered and then you descend to your heart center and you can ask it what's your story you know what do you want me to know um and one of the exercises uh came to me because in meditation I saw a heart shape a door opened in the heart shape and I saw a field of wildflowers in it. So it can be very interesting. Um another thing that might be done is to work to to change energy. You know, everybody gets blocked energy. And uh if you go into meditation and scan your body and find a spot where energy is blocked, can feel it sometimes. Does it have a texture? Does it have a taste? Does it have a smell? Does it have a color? And then you can ask it, do you have a name? And I worked with a life coaching client using this, and the block told my client that that its name was Bastion, and she had no idea that Bastion meant wall, which was interesting. And then you can work with it and say, what do you need from me so to transform you into a healing energy? And I suppose if it's really stubborn, you can ask that it be taken away and transmuted. But, you know, so then you can start to clear out the things that are, you know, in your way of possibly going into your heart. So I think there's a number of ways you could work on that. And, of course, using my book. Right. And, you know, many people feel uncomfortable or not sure of themselves when they're working with that by themselves. So it's often a good idea to to work with a support person to be able to take you through that who can actually uh-huh. sense or see or know or feel or whatever it is what what is actually going on if if you can uh-huh. which is important. Right. Oh, and I think there are probably many places and Vermont is just one of those places where there are groups that have group meditations. So if you're not comfortable on doing it on your own, and people think that meditation is this terribly hard thing 
when it can be just sitting down comfortably. You don't have to sit cross-legged on the floor. Um, and you can. what I suggest to clients is that they say, turn on the kitchen timer for 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes if they're just starting, and go in the other room and sit comfortably and breathe and follow their breath. And that way you they know, don't have, I have to another worry. Way of, I have another way of doing it because I used to have an I, I, I used to be in a lot of pain from an injury, and I wasn't able to sit for a long time or whatever. Uh-huh. And so I decided that, you know, I'm still, I can still meditate. I don't have to do it the so-called traditional way or whatever. Uh-huh. And I do, to this day, I do walking meditations. And I get right. a lot of information that way. So I think if somebody, especially if someone is challenged where it's difficult to sit or or whatever, or maybe there's too much noise in the house or wherever you are, to be able to, like you said, to be flexible in, in, in how you're doing it because it can work as long as you, you know, you're committed to it, to the practice. And I agree with you. And there are times that clients will say that, and I'm like, then do a walking meditation. Um, you can actually lay down and meditate. You, you know, um, I recently had to have an MRI. Turns out, no surgery. Yay! Um, and I just decided to meditate in that damn machine because if you've had one, you know it goes bam, 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 oh, you bam, have? bam. You know? Right. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and all these different noises, and at times it sounded sort of like maybe it was starting techno house music, you know. But uh, so I just went in and just kept my eyes closed because it was a small, bo- what they call small bore machine, so you know it wasn't that far above my head. Um, but I just closed my eyes and listed things that I was thankful for, and I just spent a lot of the time just my mantra was thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this technology. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Know? And it helped, you know, get through and the it, experience. Yeah, it so. I had to do something like that recently. And to me, the, that sound like you're describing is so jarring. And it, and if you don't do something to to kind of offset that, whether it's, it's your gratitude mantras or I was doing a lot with brass because I needed to calm myself from being in that machine and also from the the sounds. I'm sound sensitive. So I think whatever works. But you're right. You can do it lying down or whatever. The point is do it, right? (laughs) However, however it's comfortable. Also, you know, don't beat up on yourself if you miss a day. Um, And when I'm working with the angels and guides and clients and they'll, you know, They'll come up with a specific meditation they'd like somebody to do, and they'll say, try for it three to five times a week, which means don't beat up in yourself. It's not necessary. You know, not all of us are, um, I don't know if you know the show On Being, where Krista Tippett's the host, and she taught, was interviewing James, Dr. James Doty, um, and she was talking about Olympic meditators. I mean, they're the people who meditate for hours every day, and they have thirty to 60,000 hours of meditation. Most mm-hmm. of us are not ever going to get there. Um, so, you know, we're not the Dalai Lama who gets up at 3 o'clock in the morning and meditates for four hours. But does you it know? matter? Uh, I mean, I, I, no, it I, doesn't matter. 
Okay. I'm impressed with people who do that. I actually have a friend who moved into a community to do just that, and that's what she's doing. It may not be 24-7, but it's a, it's many, many, many hours per day of, of consistent mm-hmm. meditation. And, I mean, blessings to her and those people, but that's not my path. And, and I don't, I you know, I feel that... And I want, I'm saying this to you and to people like what you're saying is like don't beat up on yourself because I think that what you're supposed to get when you're open to the messages you still receive and you can still help heal our planet by going in and, you know, like you were doing gratitude and whatever. By doing that, you, you're also creating energy that's going out into the world that that's, can can help uplift others. Yeah, I and I, can... I mean, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was, was going to say, say and often their guidance is like 15, 20 minutes. Um, I've yeah. gotten some very profound information from meditating for 15 or 20 minutes. I totally agree. So, again, like you said, and I think it's so important because people think, wow, I'm not meditating enough or, or it's not enough time or whatever, and... It's important to do what you can and and be you know be gentle, like you said with yourself. I want to ask you something about working with law, which is seems to me it very very different <laughs> in terms of you have laws that you have to look at. It's it seems much more less brain and and everything that you're doing right now seems so much more right brain in terms of intuition and guidance and meditation how do they work together and how have you brought the past work into the present and maybe even the future Um, first off I was not one of those people who from when they were a kid wanted to be a lawyer. I went to law school because I couldn't do any make a living with my self-designed liberal arts major, which was a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, but it helped me learn to listen. It helped me learn to ask really cogent questions. Um, and you still, particularly in life coaching, you need to analyze things. You know, where is this person going? Where are they a little off track? Um, what is the most appropriate, as I call it, homework? Um, to give them, to suggest to them that they do. Um, But the meditation has taught me to be patient and more compassionate and a lot less judgmental than I used to be. And so I think it's a really nice mix. Yeah, what you're describing makes perfect sense in terms of working with people, and and so you need that, that balance, and it seems like you've been able to create that balance for yourself and for your clients in, in a very beautiful uh-huh. way, which is wonderful. I mean, I even was doing a reading at an event once where it turns out it was some family issue, some real estate issue, and I immediately said, you need to go see a lawyer, and these are some questions you should ask. <laughs> you know, So even <laughs> though it was an intuitive reading, it was like, oh, okay. This is not in I what I, I do anymore, but, you know, and as a life coach and even as an intuitive, you it is good to be aware of where your lines are so you don't cross them. 
You know, even though I used to practice law, I don't practice law now. So I can't represent you on anything. I can maybe guide you as to some questions you should ask a lawyer. Uh, I'm not a therapist, um, but I have on a number of occasions where they have suggested someone seek therapy. Um, I had a client that had not ever, as a life coach, had not ever really dealt with some particular childhood issue. And I said, I can't assist you with that. You need a therapist, but I can be here to help you support you through that process. Um, and it's, it's I think, very important to know where you can tread and where you can't. I think that's very important, and I think that, that gets down to integrity because you're not overstepping and you're you're valuing the information and the knowledge and and the that you have that you also receive the guidance and yet you're not just presenting anything to somebody that that's not at, in within your field or your sphere or your purview so i i think that's important and i'm glad glad you mentioned that to people so you are passionate about what you do obviously what talk about your passion because i think passion makes makes what we're doing so much better so much more alive and and really vibrant for ourselves so tell our listeners more about your passion for for what you're doing in terms not only of your your work but your coaching but also your intuitive work the the connection like we were talking about just downloading information you sit down and you write and there it is which is which we both love so share that with our listeners i think what even the law you know being a lawyer was a help to you know even though my clients were institutions it was trying to help to make people's lives better I started out as an assistant city attorney, and there was, you know, there were zoning issues, and there were, um, uh, you know, prosecuting ordinance violations, and you know, doing search warrants for the fire inspector to go and search something, you know. So, all aimed at community and collaboration. You know, what can I do to help you? And that continues through the legal work. And I believe that my role is to collaborate with my clients, to help them find where they want to be. And if I can bring more compassion into myself and let more light out and help my clients do that, it's a benefit to the world. Because the fewer people who are living through greed and anger and fear, the better off we all are. And so I'm very strongly attracted to the idea of, as they say, collaborating with my clients and helping them reach their potential, which is good for the for the goal, for the globe. I totally agree with you, and I think it's so important and that when you're working anybody and you know um working with a coach or even a therapist or even a physician um that you don't give your power away i've always told my clients that like you it's it's a collaborative experience that i'm not necessarily the the, the know it all or whatever that that mm-hmm. really and if you think about it people 
have understanding and and great knowledge about themselves that we don't. And so when you're saying collaboration, Catherine, it's so important that they recognize their position in whatever it is going on so that they don't lose their sense of self or defer. I remember my mother's deceased. I just wanted to say something real fast. My mother's deceased and when she and she had dementia and in the latter years when I would take her to doctors, she would totally defer. Yes, doctor, totally defer to the doctor and I and like the doctor was some god and um it's always stuck in my head that that you know doctors have just like lawyers, doctors whatever, you know somebody that's in your field. They have information, but they don't have the totality of information and that's where the person who's uh-huh. requesting it needs to be able to step up and 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 access and acknowledge their own power. I got that because of what what I saw with my mother. It was just you know it it was disturbing to me. Yes, and one of the things I want to avoid is um particularly with channeled angel readings, is somebody creating a dependency um, for me on me for the answers. And so I try to avoid that. I try not to let someone have a reading too often. Um, and, you know, and just try to remind, remind myself to remind them that what comes through is guidance, but it's up to them to make a choice about whether to follow it or not. And I will have clients say, Oh no, I'm not going to do that. And I say, well, then don't, you know, <laughs> because I'm not going to have my ego bound up that they have to follow what comes through me. This is, you know, you asked for their opinion. <laughs> they will give it to you, but it's up to you to decide if you're going to follow that or not. Or it might not be lit, light a spark right now but it might sometime in the future. And, uh, you know, so, and I have had a life coaching client where I keep telling her, you know, I've told her over time, if we're going to continue this relationship because life coaching is not meant to be years and years like therapy, then you have to change your goals. You have to come up with new goals that I can help you with. And she's now finally at a stage of just checking in every once in a while, which is yay, you know. So I've done my job, and, you know, she's moving on. But, you know, that was another instance of, you know, uh, of my wanting to make sure it wasn't just a dependency on me. Um, I would actually say the reverse. I would would actually say the reverse, that therapy isn't forever, and that, you know, it's always wonderful to have a life coach. I mean, I've had a life coach when I was working in in a particular arena and I think sometimes having someone, I mean, that that is not that is invested in you, but is not caught up in the day-to-day stuff and has an objective mm-hmm. has objective input can be incredibly valuable personally, professionally, whatever. So, and I think therapy like is is more about okay, let's heal this so that you can move on. Mm-hmm. But that that's just my take of it. That's important. So what's yes, next? About, for, it just, uh, no, finish what you were saying, and then we'll go next. on to the next. No, it just um, 
it just felt to me with this particular client that if the relationship is going to continue and she's going to continue to move forward, then we needed to keep looking at new goals. You know, what are the next yeah, no, steps? That, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So what's next for you? Another book? Uh, you know, are you being guided? I'm slowly in direct? working on another book. Yes. And it and it um, is a – I've written poems for almost all of the um, – Meditation images. I've still got about five to draft poems for. And I thought the next book was just going to be the poems, but it came to me that it's a new little essay, then the poem. I don't know if it's going to have images because, again, if it gets self-published, which I, it, you know, to keep the cost down. Um, but I also have a blog, and slowly over time I'm going to be posting pieces of the book on the blog and a friend from the community the metaphysical community who I used to see around all the time um, gave to me the title it's, right now it's called Into the Silence oh I love it and you know what the and, title may change too as you know <laughs> yes because Opening the Heart was originally called Contemplating Duality until James Wanless, who he gave us the uh, endorsement that's on the back of the book, said, hmm, you need a different title. <laughs> well, I love this but, title because it, it just by reading, opening the heart, to me, and this is me, you know, personally, something happens. Like something happens within me in terms of that reading that that it's experience. I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but I think I think it's a it's a beautiful. A beautiful title right. for a, be- a beautiful book. So we, I thought we were going to be doing a meditation maybe next time, but we're really running out of time. So tell our mm-hmm. listeners, Catherine, how they can get a hold of your book, Opening Your Heart, Meditations on How to Be, find out more about you and connect with you. Well, my website is katherinesamuelson.com, and it's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-S-A-M-U-E-L-S-O-N. My parents gave me a lovely spelling, but different spelling on my first name. And on there, there's all the information. Um, The book can be found. There's a link to go directly to the self-publishing company. It's all print-on-demand, but you can get it on Amazon. And Barnes and Noble online. It's as an iBook, uh, a Nookbook, and a Kindle book, um, which I think is very important in these days. If you can all do that, and you can reach me at seven eight one seven nine nine seven three three two, or K L Samuelson at Yahoo dot com. And for those people who are listening, who happen to be in the Connecticut River Valley in area. Um, I will be at the Half Moon Sober Festival Psychic Fair fundraiser on April 6th from 10 to 4 at Tracy Hall in Norwich, Vermont. Wonderful. I wish you well with that. And is there anything you'd like to say as a parting to our listeners, Catherine? Just that I think the more of us who work together, to find what our hearts really want us to be doing 
and allow ourselves to let that inner divine spark out and let it grow, the better and better this world will be. Beautiful. I love it. And thanks so much for being a wonderful guest. Have a beautiful day. Thank you for having me, and um, it was really a joy to be here with you, Joanne, and I would would enjoy doing this again sometime. Well, let me know when your next book is ready, <laughs> and we'll, we'll do it again. And maybe we Thank could you. do some readings, I was thinking, you know, on, on the show, too, because people love to sure. call in and do readings, so we could figure that out that next time. That would be time. fine. Good. It's interesting because today I posted something, let your love shine, and it was about let your love shine divine. And I'm totally in sync with you that the more that we're creating that beautiful, loving energy and connecting to our heart center and sending it out, we can really help to shift and to heal the world. So bravo for what you're doing. Thank you, and thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. My pleasure. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. So think about what Catherine said, because opening the heart and connecting to the energy that's within you, to the heart energy that's within you, firstly, from my experience and from what Catherine's been sharing, not only on the show, but in her book, which is a beautiful book, it really can shift you. And as we shift, we are there participating in the shift of making our globe, our world, a more loving, a more compassionate, a more caring place to be. And I think that's a goal that Catherine has. I know that's a goal that I have as well. So think about you. And oftentimes people think that, oh, there's so much to do to open my heart or so much to do to empower myself. And all I can say is that power and that energy is within you. And even if you need to take baby steps, just take those baby steps and allow yourself to grow and to, and as Catherine said, be gentle with yourself. Don't judge yourself. Do the best that you can. And that's it. Have a beautiful day, and thanks for joining us on Power Your Life. If you want to get a hold of me, I'll give you the short version. Go to doc, D-O-C-W-H-I-T-E dot org. Or email me. I love to hear from our listeners and from people who want to know more about anything and about what I do. So have a beautiful day. And remember, you already have so much power, so much wisdom, so much beauty within you. Tap into it and share it. And have a great day. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the Upbeat Show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.